0: Hello, and welcome back to Baniacast. I'm Marshall, and I think this is episode 6. So, for a while now, I've been uh, praying the same prayer for uh, most of the people in my life. And that is, God, I just want people to see you for who you are where you are um, for or for who you really are to, to I guess to clarify more specifically because in my experience, people in general have this notion of God being just slightly smarter than they are or slightly stronger or slightly hard, more hard working or slightly whatever and um, I think by and large that ho- that's what holds people back from experiencing all that God has for them And the reason I say that is because if you look at yourself and you say, well, I can't do this, so I'm going to give it to God. If you can't do it, and if it's really hard or whatever, are you actually going to be able to do it? Do you think God, if if you have that, if you ha, if, if 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 you think God is only slightly smarter than you, and it's something you're really having trouble figuring out, are you going to be sure that God is going to be the one who can fix your problem? Um. When I began my. I don't even know what I would call it. My reawakening, I guess. My spiritual reawakening. Um, It started probably six or seven years ago. Um, I was listening to a radio show and the host, he started talking about this book. Um, And I read the book and and I you know, started reading it, and it was really it was really thought provoking. Right. And uh, I'm very much a thinker when it comes to a lot of things, almost almost everything. I'm a, I'm very much a thinker, and uh, you know, I fell in love with this this author after reading this book, and the author's name is Mark Batterson. And, and uh, for for those of you who don't know who he is, he happens to be a pastor of a church in Washington, D.C. called National Community Church. And uh, I would go into various bookstores and I would see this other book he had written. Written? I can't believe I just said that. Written, I'm sorry. Little comical air there. And, uh, I didn't know why. But I felt strangely drawn to this other book that he had written. And I, I just ignored it for a little while. And then finally, I, I ended up picking up this other book. Um, and this book really, it really kind of slap me upside the face for, for lack of a better turn of phrase I guess you could say hit me where I live um, and it really opened my eyes and the book's title is very simple it's, it's two words five letters total uh, six characters if you're counting a space and the title of the book is called All In And, in reading this book, um, Mark talks about how he came up with the title. He said he was watching the World Series of Poker on ESPN. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the World Series of Poker on ESPN, but, you know, for me it was something that they did, I don't know when they, they probably did it around Six or seven years ago, maybe more, but it was like on ESPN. And it was prime time, and for like a year or two, they really pushed it every year. Maybe it was three years, but but it, but it seems just seemed like Texas Hold'em was everywhere for a little while. And uh, so Mark Mark says that he got the the idea from this from you know when when the poker players push all of their chips into the middle of of the table and they say, I'm going all in. Um, and what that means is they're gonna is they're is they're betting every chip that they have in their hand to an effort to either um, bluff their way to making their opponents lay down their cards and fold. Or to act, or they, or they actually have the winning hand, and they say, "I'm going all in," um, in an effort to win the hand, basically. And Mark says that going all in for Jesus is what we need to do, and I would agree with that. We, I find that by and large, people tend to calculate. They tend to calculate on a lot of stuff. And. If you don't believe me. Just go on social media. And just per, peruse. Things. <coughs> it's very enlightening for me. But. I find that there are very few people. That they actually. They actually have. The. The conviction that they say they have. They actually say. They actually have the relationship. With God. That they say they have. And the reason for this. Is because they've never actually gone all in. Now I could go into the book. But. um, The simple premise is. Surrender. Surrender. Surrendering your whole being to what God has for your life. And for years now, I've wanted to do... You know, I've wanted to do a Sunday school lesson. I've wanted to do a a preaching series. But I'm not a preacher. And I'm not a... I don't even know a professional Sunday school teacher. I don't even know... And, I, and, I've, and I've came to the point where I've, where I've learned to, to surrender that. And I know that God, whenever it is that I'm supposed to actually teach this lesson, teach this series, He's going to open the door. Um, but surrender is realizing that you can control nothing. In this life people people by and large want the same things. And these things are you know mainly categorized for by what I com- call the 3 Cs that it that being control, convenience, and comfort. And if you think about your life, you know, you we all want to be comfortable, right? Nobody wants to go home and <coughs> not being able to sit in their comfortable chair or sleep in their uncomfortable bed or whatever. We all want comfort and we all want convenience, you know. We we Most of us live in the city or in suburbia, close to a city, and we don't want to have to drive, you know, a long time to get groceries or whatever to go to work. And uh, we don't want to be able to feel like we have control over our lives. Um, that's the way we. That's why we, you know, pick out what. What vehicle we drive, we we decide what clothes we we wear of a day, and uh, we like to be in control of everything, the temperature, what we watch on TV, um, what we eat, and then when we go on public, we get we get frustrated when we. When we can't control something because you know you're in a movie theater and uh, somebody's child is crying or they're talking loud or you know, I don't e- I don't even know but just but I'm sure you have things that you struggle with control wise and what this and what this book does and I've really and and you know I read probably three books they all come at this from from a from a from a similar point of view but they use different illustrations and stuff but their message is the same surrender and surrender is very hard for people um, I'm going to do something risky but it's worth it um, at the beginning of the, at the beginning of this year, our Sunday school teacher asked each of each asked each of us to come up with a word to that we were going to work on for this year. Just one word to of something that you felt that you needed to work on for 2019.
1: And mine was relationships,
0: and I will tell you that I'm not really good at relationships, but I think I've done a better job of building relationships. You know, I you know, obviously I started doing this podcast thing and you don't know me and I probably don't know you, but we didn't have this relationship before. And I've worked on some of some other relationships and changed some stuff about myself. That was all necessary to making relationships um, more conducive, I guess. It's the best way to say it. And, um, you know, other people in the class had different words. And um, my wife, her word for this year was surrender. Because... At this time we were going through a very very difficult situation with our first um, foster child. Who I don't know that I've ever identified in this. Maybe I have. But if I haven't, uh, we're going to call him Julio. And uh, Julio was... The perfect child by all estimations, and we and we went through some very difficult stuff at the beginning of this year, and we still are, you know, now that he's moved on. My wife is still very much struggling with um stuff surrounding him, and now that we have Olive and Duke in our house, um. Olive has adjusted. And she's doing very well. Duke on the other hand. Cries a lot. A lot. And. mm, We both struggle with him. um, My wife more so. Because we don't know how to handle him. We don't know how to get him to calm down. This past week, my wife has been on vacation. And we were just in just in the living room watching a football game. And she had taken her shower and she was getting ready to go to bed and she comes to me and, and you know I can tell by the look on her face that she's been crying or stressing or whatever. And I say, What's wrong? And and she said You know, I don't feel like I've been out of the house enough. I I feel like this week of vacation has been a bust. But we made the decision to approach this weekend this way together. And we decided not to go away because of Duke, basically. Because of Duke being agitated and then we you know it went it's weird i mean because we made this decision not to go anywhere two weeks ago and then last week you know i was thinking about it, i was like because it had been good and it was, it was like maybe we should go on vacation and then we ended up not and you know it's today he was an absolute menace And what Kitty and what happened is she doesn't want to surrender. She wants to be. She wants to um, find some way to be able to deal with Duke in a way that she feels comfortable with. In a way that she can control. Um, because she wants, because you know, his crying doesn't make her comfortable, and she can't control it, and it doesn't—it's not convenient when he's crying all the time, and it really bothers her, and she doesn't understand that that. He's not going to be like this forever. At some point he will grow. Out of his. Current state. At some point he will be able to. Crawl and. Get up and walk and. Talk and verbalize. His angst. But. You know, that could be... That could be... A couple months. It could be... A year from now. It could be longer than that. Um... And I understand her trepidation... While we're in... This spot dealing with him now. But it's like... What can you do... If you've fed him... If you've burped him, if you've changed him, if you've held him, clearly he's tired. He just hasn't figured it out that he's tired for himself. And so, really, all you can do is just surrender. Now I know that people will say You shouldn't let a child just cry And to that I would say you probably There's probably some merit to that But it's like This whole week This whole week of vacation has basically been ruined Because we've allowed this child to Take us hostage He's four months old. That doesn't seem right. That we will allow a four month old. To control our lives. But we have. Because he's. He cries. For no reason. Or for a reason I'm sure. But we can't figure it out. Because he doesn't. Verbalize, and we've fed him. We've changed his diaper. We've burped him. We've held him. But surrender is something um, that people in general think looks neat. It's, it's easy to deal with. And surrender just like anything else. Whether it's faith. Whether it's patience. Whether it's... Meekness. Whether it's... Confidence. Whether it's whatever it is. It's never... God doesn't do it how we choose to do it and and all we almost always hold on to it far too long instead of just giving it to God right away we hold on to it like it's our like it's our our, our a- v- a valuable thing like almost like it's a precious almost like we're Gollum in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit and we're holding on to this thing so tightly because we gotta have the precious and there's a lot of things that we do like that surrender is something that is immensely necessarily, immensely necessary to be able to function as a Christ follower in the world not just today in today's day and age but throughout the course of history you know surrender is necessary Surrender never looks like we want it to look like because that's not how God operates. Because if you get to if you get to choose what you surrender, will you actually be surrendering it? See, there's one thing that people don't understand about God: when you choose to follow God, when you actually choose to follow God daily every minute of every day of every hour there's a lot of time that God will give you give you to do your own thing but when it comes to asking him to give you more faith or change your life for the better help you surrender when you do that you don't get to set the rules when you come to God because God never moves you have to go to God and you when you go to God when you when you go to God you don't get to decide the rules because you're asking God for help and it's just like the Karate Kid you know think about the Karate Kid Mr. Miyagi teaching Daniel how to do karate it wasn't what Daniel hoped it would be and it's not that way with God I know that's uh fairly tortured metaphor compared to God to mr. Miyagi, but and if you've not seen the credit kit my apologies but when you want somebody when you're asking somebody to help you change you don't get to set the rules. It's true for learning how to play quarterback. It's true for going to school. It's true for everything in life. When you go, when you go and you're, you're trying to learn something, you don't get to write the book. You you go and you pick up the book and you learn from the book. And the same thing's true with God. If you want surrender. You don't get to choose how God chooses to teach you surrender. So I know that this podcast hasn't been, it's kind of been mixed about surrendering to God's will and also submitting to God. They both go hand in hand. Learning to surrender to God requires submission, as does everything else. You have to submit everything to God. And I know that's scary because hey, I've been through some I've been through a lot of this. I've been through surrender. I understand. I wish Julio was here, but he's not. So, I hope this podcast helped you out. I know it's around 27 minutes right now. It's probably going to be a little longer. because I'm not done quite talking, quite done talking. Surrender is one thing that is very necessary for us to move on in our Christian life. Because what surrender has taught me is hey, life you don't you don't get to control how life works. I do. And that's one of the biggest things that I think people struggle with. When they, when they think about submission surrender they don't realize that when they actually surrender that you just have to go with the flow and I don't mean when I say go with the flow I mean God's flow you have to deal with you have to live in the moment and you have to you have to see you you, you can't get fixated on the on the tree that's in front of you because we always get frust- we always get fixated on the on the problem that's in front of us right now. Like with Duke and his crying. But and we almost always miss the forest that's beyond that. And the forest in the case of Duke is going to be him, you know, learning to talk, learning to crawl, learning to, to, to walk. And then even the rest of the stuff that happens on in his life. And we just got to submit to getting, we just got to surrender our wants For him to God. And trust that God is going to get us from today to the forest. And he's going to get us past all the trees that are in our way. This podcast might not make a whole lot of sense to some of you. And for that I apologize but if you'd like more information, feel free to pick up uh, Mark Batterson's book, this, um, sorry, Mark Batterson's book, All In. Or a book by J.D. Greer called Not Got Enough. And regardless of, of, of how you yeah. feel about the, either of those two men, just read the book. Because it's not about you. It's not about them. It's about God. Anyway, I thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, share this if you like it. Leave me a review if you I don't even know how that works. Anyway, till next time. I'll see you later. Bye.